Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, I am so glad you're joining me for today's episode. I have a very special guest, Lindsay Tracy, who is the Vice President of Business Development for Red Barn, is joining me today. And she is going to be talking a little bit about the the company and just kind of the products that they carry. We carry a um, lot of their chews, and so we're going to be focusing a lot on that. But I'm really excited to have her. So Thank you, Lindsay, for joining me today. Thank you, Tammy. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. So first of all, can you give us a little bit of history about Red Barn's story? Sure, absolutely. Red Barn started in the early 90s by two men, Jeff and Howie. Um, This is still a privately held company. They were old buddies from when they were 12 12 years old, old hockey players that knew each other and saw some white space in the pet industry in general and moved from Canada uh, to California and launched uh, a pet food and treats company. So we've been around um, 27 years or so, and now we own three manufacturing facilities, one in Kansas, which is our main DC hub, one in Rochester, New York, and one in Paraguay. And our headquarters is actually out in Long Beach, California. So we're spread a little bit everywhere And our owners and the president of our company take a lot of pride in going to each of those manufacturing facilities on a rotational schedule. So really, we have our executives at the plants um, almost full time. Nice. Wow. It's hard to believe that in the early 90s, that was 27 years ago, right? (laughs) Uh, I know, right? (laughs) Wow. Um, Well, that's that's really cool. Um, So what is it about Red Barn that sets them apart, say, from some of the other companies out there? You know, that's a good question because we have a lot of competition these days. And um, the insight that I can provide is we have the broadest uh, assortment as far as the chew category is concerned. Of course, we can be a one-stop shop for a consumer and all their needs. Because if you think about what your dog needs in one day, they need food, nutrition, they need um, uh, chews, they need boredom busters. They need something to fill the gap in their day. The chews also scrape the tartar and plaque from their teeth. Um, they need a dental chew. They need indulgent treats. And of course, any additional supplements or something they would need. So really, we're a one-stop shop. But as far as our chew category, which is what I want to focus on today with you, uh, we really have uh, made sure that we identified every chew personality. And so when you have a dog, you know them personally. So you know if they're a light chewer, moderate chewer, or a power chewer. And so what we've done is created an assortment. Now we've got a SKU list of over 250 SKUs. So a lot of um, options. So anything that would range from esophagus, which would be a, a lighter chew, all the way up to a bone or an antler. So for a very aggressive chewer. That's awesome. Um, and the, I mean, just the fact that you guys have so many options for, you know, you've got the little Yorkie that comes in and the parent is going, you know, I, I need a chew for this dog. And then you have, 
you know, a Newfoundland or a Great Dane, you know, that that needs a chew. And it's true. We have a, a really good variety because some are softer um, mm-hmm. for those little mouths and some are, are really, you know, it takes them a while to get through. So, yeah, that's good. Um, what about your quality controls? So we take a lot of pride in this. We recently uh, received our SQF certification and all of our facilities um, have that kind of label on them. And we make sure that every single raw material that comes in is traced, is tested, um, and every um, external shipment. So any finished good is tested, is safe, is traceable. Um, We're very particular about who we source our product from. Of course, the majority of our portfolio today is uh, bones and body parts. So these are not widgets that you can manufacture off of a machine. We certainly Mm -hmm. make those as well. But um, you have to be very careful about how you store the goods, how you handle the raw material, how you package, um, really from start to finish. So I'd say we're very particular. We have um, nonstop audits from um, various groups, but we're very proud to say now that we are SQF certified, which puts that kind of the highest level of stamp of, of approval in the industry. Nice. Well, I know that there are a lot of pets that unfortunately have have gotten sick from different shoes in the past um, because there's a lot of companies out there that carry them and they don't have the controls in place. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's amazing that you guys have taken the extra step that people can feel good that you guys are really you know, on top of making sure that you guys have a very, very good quality product. Yes, that's right. And, you know, keep in mind too, outside of just um, the bacterial testing, we do break tests and density tests, and we try to make sure that an average dog will not have any difficulties. But there, there could be a time where, um, for example, rib bone, could be a little too fragile for a really aggressive chewer. So we put statements on our packaging and in our blogs and on our website and everywhere we can to make sure that we also rely on them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we aren't selling something that is um, indestructible. Everything is chewable. So although we take every precaution we can to get the safest product to market, we want to make sure too that you understand your pet and purchase and also monitor your pet while they're making that um, chewing experience come to life. And that's such a good point because I think sometimes people are looking for the babysitter so that they can, you know, have their dinner party or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it can be, but at the same time, it's so important to keep your eye on your pet because every pet is so different in their chewing style. And, and so many people come in and they ask, what's a chew that's going to last my dog forever, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, and so what I try to explain to them or, and they'll even ask, how long will this last my dog? Um, you know, every dog's chewing style is so different. So the best we can do mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, pair it up with a heavy duty chew with a heavy duty chewer but we also yeah. know that there's a lot of gray area in that as well. Absolutely. You know, one trick that I use is uh, you carry our chewables collection. And mm-hmm. in the, the on the back of the chewable, you'll notice that there's um, kind of a hexagon type of open shape. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I spread peanut butter and I spread um, yogurt in there and I freeze it. 
And yeah. then, so that does kind of act as my babysitter because yeah. it's very safe. Uh, um, uh, you know, of course it's super digestible, digest quick, but they have to lick out that, um, material. Yeah. And so it actually adds some, um, time to that. They love it. It's great. I have also, um, hid some vitamins and minerals in there. I have put some medicine in there. Um, so kind of a fun tip that I use with those chews. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. So how has consumer demand kind of influenced your business? You know, that's, that's interesting. The last couple of years during the pandemic, we have just seen consumer demand uh, skyrocket. So fortunately in this country, uh, adoptions went, you know, through the roof and we're really proud to support a lot of these groups that um, were helping people at home find pets that they loved. So in doing so came with training and education behind shoes and food and all of those things. So we've had a lot of fun with the consumers recently, more so than ever. But, um, you know, all in all, I think more households are gaining pets and want to educate themselves a, a lot more and making sure they're selecting the best brands and the, and the best uh, partnerships. We believe in building a community support. So our marketing team, our design team, our social media team, we all work together and making sure that we're selecting topics to speak to the consumers about to make sure that um, they know they're part of our family. Yeah. So um, it, it's been an interesting ride for sure. You know, we've always... Um, had a really good gr- uh, group of pet parents that follow our brand. But recently, just with so many new people coming um, into this industry and new households, and, and it's just been really exciting for us. So we're yeah. happy to see that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it has been a, a peppy time for sure. A lot of people are home. And, you know, and that kind of leads me to my next question about, you know, how have you seen the pandemic change your industry or the pet industry or just as, as a whole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we saw is people were at home. Of course, they adopted their pets and a lot of people were isolated for a really long time and they had this soul in their house and it was their dog or their cat or, you know, rabbit or whatever it was. And they really um, fell in love with them at a different level. And so they were spending um, a lot of extra time, energy, and money on different types of treats and, and shoes. So, um, you know, maybe you couldn't go on vacation or you couldn't buy that new car or something, but you know what, you are going to spoil that soul, that pet that's in your house, that's snuggling up to you. Um, and making every day bearable during this difficult time for all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a, um, it just reminded me, I have a customer that she would be on conference calls all week and so she would come in once a week and she would stock up on her shoes <laughs> for her dogs because she said they would sit right under her desk and while she oh. was, you know, working, but they kept them busy. So yeah, yeah. I could imagine that that would have been pretty common, um, you know, with it, with everything going on. That's right. So what are some of the things that you guys do, especially with it being such a, um, a climate of, of, um, so many different brands in the market. How do you stay current? What do you do with, you know, new innovation? How do you make it fresh? Mm -hmm. That's a great question too. So of course we're in a business that's a lot of commodity type shoes, but we try to differentiate ourselves by um, making some type of unique statement or um, unique attributes that other people are not doing. For example, 
one of our top selling collection collections within our portfolio are our bully slices. So these are slices that are coated um, with a basically it's a secret gravy. Um, for example, our, our best selling would be our bully gravy, and we add ingredients like blueberries, chicken cartilage, uh, vitamin E. Um, and then ground up bully sticks, which of course we know that the rich scent and the taste of bully sticks is attractive to dogs. So we just, you know, make sure that we're adding something a little bit different. And when you walk into the chew set or you have all these chews to select from, most of them are wonderful because a, you know, they scrape tartar and plaque, they're boredom buster, but it's, we try to challenge ourselves. How do we elevate that experience? How can we in addition to those attributes, make it a little bit healthier? How can we give them maybe a few other ingredients in there to boost, you know, whatever it is, the skin and code or digest, uh, digestion problem, something like that. So I think that's one key thing, but we always try to innovate with new products. For example, we just launched a new collagen uh, collection and we have three additional phases coming down the pipeline in the next year So we're always trying to look ahead. Again, um, our collagen collection, I believe, looks better, chews better than competition. Um, And we do a lot of in-house testing. We send our products out to external labs to make sure that we are offering something better. So we have preference testing against competition to make sure that we are number one. So as soon as you try our brand, you are going to keep on coming back to us rather than someone else um, because there is a lot of competition out there. Sure. You know, that is one question I did have when we were talking about quality controls. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned the different places where your um, plants are. As Mm -hmm. far as where you, where you're sourcing um, Mm -hmm. your products, is it in those three regions or is it um, outside of that? We typically source from North America and South America. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't source anything from China, of course. Um, and we are, yes, we're very particular about the relationship um, mm-hmm. and the quality. So we send our QA team and we have an international sourcing manager that resides out of our Paraguay facility. He goes to every single supplier and kind of goes through a checklist to make sure that they're going to meet our standards. And then he goes on a regular basis to make sure that um, what they're preparing and sending meets the specs that we approved and agreed upon. So, um, yeah, I think we're spread out pretty far. So the great thing about Red Barn, what I've noticed is during the pandemic, of course, raw material was at a at a short supply. Mm-hmm. And because Jeff and Howie, our owners, have had relationships with these suppliers for the entire time of their business, 20, you know, five plus years, um, you know, we have these handshake, these good relationships. And so these suppliers do help us, you know, in, in times of need. So mm-hmm. we were, I would say we, our fill rate was probably the strongest in the industry, although we weren't hundred percent like we normally are. Um, we were doing everything we possible to make sure our current suppliers, we were number one on their list and then finding new suppliers out there that would qualify for our quality standards. So we're in a better position today and um, I don't foresee us having any issues like that. And hopefully the pan- pandemic goes away and we don't see really? those issues again in our lifetimes. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. What are some of the things, talking about customers and, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of their their feedback, what do you find that they're they're telling you? 
Well, I think overall pet parents in general want and expect transparency in the sourcing, in the manufacturing practices. They want the safest options. Um, they want to understand that digestibility. So what we try to do is educate, educate on our packaging, educate on our website. We have a wonderful social media team. We have a pretty robust team of about 13 people that take care of either the graphic design, marketing, social media, customer service, which is a pretty large group for um, our size customer. So we just want to make sure we're, we take care of the customer. Of course, you're always going to have some critics and you're always going to have situations where the pet didn't respond well to a chew or something like that, but we take care of our customers and we want to have full control over that relationship and, and let them know that we also are very considerate of, you know, our sourcing and our standards and our QA audits. And so, although we can't deliver each treat to, to everyone's door, um, we almost act as if we're delivering it to our own door every time. And we want your pet to feel that safety and that love that we create for our own pets. Absolutely. Well, and I know for me, I'm not going to carry anything at my store that I wouldn't give to my own pets. And so yes. I'm very picky about what I bring in. And and I've always, you know, trusted your brand because, I mean, it's just, it's it's very, um, it's, you can count on it being consistent, you know. So yeah, that's great. That's what great are What are some of the common mistakes pet parents make, like when they're trying to figure out which chew to give their dog? What are, what are some of the things that you see? You know, I think that goes back to understanding the chew personality of your dog and the dog's jaw strength. So when we talk about a little Yorkie, that Yorkie may have a stronger jaw than, you know, a, a beagle or, you know, a lab or something. It really depends on your pet. So I often just caution um, really educating yourself about what your dog is capable of Mm -hmm. and watching them, monitoring that experience. So start off, you know, with an esophagus light chew. We've got some really nice esophagus, uh, uh, puffed esophagus items in your portfolio at your store. Um, Then I would kind of lead into maybe a collagen type of product. Um, Then I would lead into maybe if you're comfortable with like a rawhide type of slice or roll and then bully stick and then bone and then antler. So you've got this scale of um, light to heavy chews. And I think if anything, again, if you know that your dog can really bite into something and it may um, chunk off and go into their digestive tract um, a little more aggressively than you would expect, don't feed that. So for example, like a rib bone, or an extra large ham bone or something. Those are a little bit less dense of a bone in general when they're cooked. And although we do all of the um, break tests that we need to, and we only select the thickest cuts and and all that, we we just can't predict what your dog is capable of. Um, So I would say stick to what you're most comfortable with. And I think we've allowed for that decision tree to be so robust in our portfolio, please ask. I would ask your pet parents that come into your store to ask you, you've got that experience. You've heard the stories, you know, um, and you've had discussions with all of your pet parents and your customers. So just asking, um, you can also call Red Barn's customer service and just doing a little bit of research online, what's safe and what's not safe out there. Very good. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot, I mean, you know, especially with new pet, 
parents. They're not sure, you know, um, they don't have any idea even where to start. They'll go, I have a new puppy. What, what (laughs) shoe do I give? You know, so we have to ask a lot of questions to determine a little bit more about what the situation is. So yeah, we can definitely, um, help out there. There's no question. I think another common uh, mistake would be feeding chews on a regular basis without decreasing the calorie count from their food. Oh my goodness. That's such a good point. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if your dog struggles with weight management, that could be a key issue is you're feeding too many rich chews with too high calories, too high fat, um, too often. And maybe it's too large. Uh, For example, bully sticks. I have dogs that are about 20 pounds. Um, and I only let them chew on a bully stick about a couple inches into it. And then I, I take it away. Um, if I gave them 12 inch bully sticks at at one feeding, a, they would love it Mm -hmm. and they would, you know, be obsessed. But then what am I doing to their meal? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, I've really replaced that healthy meal with, you know, that has vitamins and minerals with a chew. And that's really not the best thing for the pet. So I would say, just be smart about just like us as humans, we don't want to snack all day and then expect to have a full meal. I mean, of course we would eat it, but what is that going to do to your body and your health? So just be considerate of that. Another thing I want to call out is personally, I've always adopted, uh, senior dogs. And so understanding their gums, uh, you know, there are a lot of, uh, dental issues out there that gums may bleed, uh, teeth may break. Um, and so you are going to want to go with a softer chew. And mm-hmm. although mentally the dog wants to chew on something hard, that's just their nature. Mm-hmm. But just be careful about what you offer because if if you know one of my senior dogs has a, a you know weak teeth that because they weren't cared for the first ten years of their life, and then I give them a a filled bone, that filled femur bone is great for lots of dogs, but not that dog because more than right. likely it's going to break a tooth and cause long term issues. Very good point. Very good point. Yes, if someone has have, you know, has a dog that has a history of, you know, cracking a tooth or, you know, mm-hmm. some, some sort of tooth, um, damage. Um, yeah, you definitely need to be mindful of that. And I'm so glad you brought up the being mindful of the chew calories and the feeding. Cause I think that goes with treats in general, um, is a lot of people, yes. you know, they see, you know, you feed this amount per day and then you don't, um, you know, think about all the additional calories that the pet may be getting. So yes, I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's a very good point. Um, so I know you guys have a lot of different categories that you carry. Mm -hmm. Can you just give us kind of a, an overview of what that looks like? Sure. So right now we focus on three major categories. One dental, we have an entire dental collection, um, with a lot of fun shapes that are trademark. We've had a lot of um, growth in the last couple of years. We purchased a company out of New York and we manufacture not only the treats, but the molds. So we create our own shapes and designs and we have um, complete control over the ingredients. And so you'll see a lot of innovation there. We have um, reward uh, treats. So anything from like our protein puffs, which are low calorie, high protein. Um, we have some meat cuts that are made in-house and we're going to launch um, additional training treats here in the next year as well. And then of, our, of course, our chew collection. So everything from esophagus to pork to collagen to uh, beef pizzle to trachea 
to uh, hide products. We've got munchy um, hide products. We've got antlers. So um, really, there's not much that we don't get ourselves um, involved with as far as the chew category is concerned. Um, but we just make sure that we're selecting the sizes that makes the most sense and mm-hmm. the weight that makes most sense for dogs. Mm-hmm. What Do you find that there are certain products that are a little bit more digestible than others? Well, of course. So, you know, of course, the most digestible ingredients would be like a, a potato starch type mm-hmm. of product. Um, so in comparison to, let's say, you're, if you're dog has a full bowl of bowl of food. Let's say the average time for that dog is a four hour digestibility timeline. Um, something like our dental chew would digest that quickly. Um, a softer chew like a esophagus stick would digest that quickly, quickly. Mm-hmm. So as you get up into the longer lasting chews, that's where your digestibility timeline gets a little bit longer, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you just want to make sure, and I, and I don't want to diminish any shape or type of treat, uh, because again, the pet parent has to make their own decisions, but for example, a rawhide bone with knots on the end, you know, rawhide isn't the quickest, uh, digestible chew. What concerns me the most is when a dog will bite, you know, chew down until they get to that knot and then they swallow the knot. Mm-hmm. So they haven't gnawed into that profile of the treat enough for that digestive tract to um, really absorb it and try to digest it in a timely manner. So it will sit there longer than it should. Yeah. So I'm a big component of kind of sticking with something that you you can watch your dog. You know they're gnawing bits into it, not a complete like chunk into their yeah, and and in general, we try to stay away from rawhide like chews. Um, mm-hmm. We go with more like the body parts because we find that those yep. are so much more digestible um, than you know some of the rawhide products. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yep, that's right. Well, good. So, what are some of your top selling items? Ooh, that's a fun question. So, our top selling collection would be our bully slices. So we've got various flavors. These are cuts um, and we slurry uh, gravy on top. And so we've got this beef slurry, peanut butter slurry. We've got other uh, various flavors. And then I'd say our second most popular collection would be our filled bones. So again, we um, are very particular about the femur bones that we select and how we clean them is um, we don't use any harsh chemicals. There's no um, issues with our bones, but it just takes a long time for us to clean and make sure that they're white and fresh and very safe. Those are number two. And then I'd say number three would be our bully sticks. But we are seeing a lot of households transition um, into, you know, our collagen, our esophagus, our trachea, um, different subclasses, just because we have more to offer. Um, all of them being as equally as good, but again, it just depends on the chew uh, personality that your dog has. Gotcha. One thing I, I wanted to ask you when you mentioned the, you know, cleaning the, the products, um, I noticed like the cow ears, the lamb ears, they're white. Um, can you mm-hmm. talk me through maybe the process that you guys use to get to that point? 
Well, this is a proprietary process that we do use. We don't want to disclose all of our secrets (laughs) to competition (laughs) because we do feel that ours um, do look the best in the marketplace today. But what we can guarantee is that no harsh chemicals are used. No chemical is um, ever, you know, in our finished goods, we, you, your dog will not digest any issues. So basically we have a multi-process step that cleans and cleans and cleans over and over. So we spend more time, energy, and quality up front um, rather than a quick and easy fix to just brighten it with a chemical. Um, we take a lot of time and, and are, are considerate of that. And, you know, it is a body part. So you will see different color variations, even on bones, Mm -hmm. you'll see, um, some bones that have some little gray areas or, um, yellow areas, maybe from the bone marrow, different things like that. Same thing with ears. You're going to see, um, variations of the colors. So we try to do everything we can to, um, clean them and then organically, they're just going to have the colors that, um, are natural to them. Gotcha. Okay, good. So, um, Lindsay, can you think of anything else that you think the listeners might benefit from knowing about your company, your products, anything like that? Um, I would say just, you know, personally just have fun with it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, explore, um, make sure you monitor, try new things, um, you know, and just love your dog as much as possible. And, and one way to do that and self self-satisfying is spoiling them. So yeah. every dog can have a warm bed, um, fresh water, good food, good treats, and a store like yours that they can go into and get support from. I mean, life is good. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and there is so, there's so many benefits from uh, dogs chewing that, you know, so many people don't even realize like that it releases serotonin. It helps them, you know, be calmer. You know, there's just so many positives. So, um, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes, you know, we get so worried about, oh my gosh, they're going to choke. And, and yeah, that is a possibility. We got to be, you know, mindful of that too. So, yes. Um, so, but we have, you know, I feel good that, you know, we've got a, a, you know, brand like yours that we can offer to our clients and, and know that they're safe and, you know, but again, like you said, monitor and, and love them. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And take walks, get out, enjoy the fresh air, enjoy our health. You know, we may be stuck in our houses, but that doesn't mean we can't go out and walk our dogs. That's right. That's right. Let them uh, heal our souls as well. Exactly. Such a good (laughs) point. Yes. So um, I will also put a link to your website. And is it just Red Barn? Um, You could. Yep. Redbarn.com. Awesome. All right. So I will put that in the show notes so everybody can check out your products. And we do carry a definitely an array of your, um, your products in my store, Bark Avenue. So, well, thank you for the support We're you're greatly appreciated. So we can't Absolutely. thank you enough. Thank you. And thank you for joining me today. This has been so great. And I'm, I'm excited that the uh, customers are going to have a better idea what Red Barn is and, and all the, the quality and, and love that goes into your products. Thank you so much. You have a great weekend. You too. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Tammy. Take okay. care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so that I can reach back out to you. 
I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.